RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Time to find out what's happening across the Tasman, across the ditch, with our good friend at the unshackled.net in Melbourne, Tim Wilms. Tim, good to have you back. Thank you, Paul. Uh, good to be speaking with you. Let's do a bit of catch up. We um, covered quite a few things last time we chatted last week. There's a few things you can update us on. Albanese's Airbus Albo out on the Airbus again, though I don't know if he flies on an Airbus, but that seems to be the name that people are using for him right now. He's been at APEC, and I think last time we talked, he'd, he'd come back from seeing Biden, but he's caught up with Biden again and also Xi Jinping. What's been happening there? Yes, and uh, taking selfies and dancing to Gwen Stefani. Meanwhile, uh, back home, uh, there has been the uh, continuing uh, continuing fallout uh, from the High Court's uh, decision last week that uh, it related to 93 uh, detainees. Uh, they overturned a, their own precedent of 20 years old and ordered that uh, these 93, they many of almost all of them are either criminals or a national security risk uh, the, right. the 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 lead plaintiff uh, was a rohingya ringa man who had raped a 10-year-old boy other high profile that 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 happened in australia right that wasn't yes, that happened here, yes, here while he was here okay carry on they've got a malaysian hitman uh, who assassinated a pregnant uh, woman, uh, what? Cyril Azar Umar. Uh, so he fled to Australia. Uh, he has been sentenced to death in absentia. We can't deport him there because Malaysia carries the death, death penalty. penalty. Right. Yeah. And so, but he's able to walk the streets in Australia. We've also got a wife killer uh, walking uh, amongst us. The human rights lawyers, they've said, oh, they're not all murderers, uh, pedophiles, or oh, some of them just involved in uh, low-level uh, street gang offences when they were younger. They just want to get up, get on with their their their, their lives. That's that, that sort well, of... I'm chasing the Aussie dream. Uh, though there's been a, a document released that pretty much... That, all of them have committed serious serious offences or a national security risk. Um, right. uh, yeah, that doesn't stop uh, the refugee advocates. Yeah, why? Why do you think people would on their behalf? You know, the average person's never going to ignore these, you know, the, these crimes, the, this offending. They don't want people out on the street. Yet the the um, the human rights lawyers sounds like they don't have much of a problem with it. No, well, they say, oh, they believe that they should have the the same rights as Australian citizens. That if they serve their sentence, uh, then uh, they should be released in the community. But obviously, that uh, Malaysian assassin, uh, he hasn't uh, paid for his uh, crime at all. And I think in fact, he got away from paying for it by coming or going to Australia. I think most Australians uh, would believe that if you rape a child, well, you should be locked locked up for life and probably given the death penalty that Australia doesn't have the death penalty and a wife wife killer uh, should never be released uh, so I would also <laughs> there's a lot of people saying well these types of people should never be released yeah uh, so after last week the Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill and the Immigration Minister uh, Andrew Giles 
they threw their hands up in the air and said, there's nothing we can do. We have to we have to comply uh, with the ruling of the High Court. Otherwise, we're liable for compensation. Though under uh, political pressure from uh, Peter Dutton, the opposition leader this week, uh, they, uh, agree- they rushed through emergency legislation uh, that uh, will put... Uh, strict visa conditions on them. So ankle bracelets, uh, they'll be subject to a curfew and also won't be allowed to work around uh, children Yeah, and also make a breach of their bridging visas an offence minimum uh, one year in prison. Uh, So the intent of that legislation is if they slip up in any way, they're basically monitored 24-7, then they'll be back in immigration detention. But even though the High Court has ruled, we won't get the decision until next year. Right. And this is a shaping up to be a very uh, left-wing uh, court, uh, so activist court, right? Um, uh, ju- judicial judicial activism. So yeah. our new, recently appointed chief chief justice, although he was a he he, he has been on the court uh, for a decade. Uh, so his name is Stephen Gallagher. He's considered uh, one of the most uh, left wing uh, chief justices in the well. Just- Ten years ain't very long in in the game at that level, is it? Well, we have mandatory uh, retirement of seventy for high court high court right. justices. Okay. That was one of the referendums that uh, that passed in nineteen seventy seven. I think that's a bit that's a bit silly. I mean, you're only really wising up to everything at about that age. <laughs> Although we don't want the U.S. situation where you've got justices on death's door who, even if they're senile, can still be on the. Yep, okay. I suppose there's a balance. All right, so that won't be till next year, till that's resolved. In the meantime, that's it sounds like a stopgap to try and keep as many people now, specified as possible. Claire O'Neill, the Home Affairs Minister, she said the legal advice uh, we we received was that uh, we would win the case uh, because it's a 20-year-old uh, precedent, uh, though she wouldn't uh, disclose uh, who who gave, gave her uh, that advice, even though uh, back in June... Uh, there, there was a, there was a hint uh, from one of the High Court justices, Jacqueline Gleeson, that they were leaning to overturning that precedent. Uh, so, really, because they, it seems that they miss, uh, they, they misread uh, the widespread community angst that these uh, these criminals who aren't Australian who we're, we're stuck with because they, I mean, you sort of okay, How could you misread that? Seriously. <laughs> well, you don't blame uh, the the nations where they came from uh, for not wanting them back, and certainly they're not going to be resettled in a third country. I mean, who wants a murder? Yeah, no one would take, take them. I'm surprised I mean, they haven't thought of sending them to New Zealand. Well, I know that <laughs> uh, that's, that has been a, a, a practice, yeah, the five hundred ones is they're known, but at least they have a connection to New Zealand. Okay, so that's that. Um, another story we talked about last week was the Optus. Um, well, it was a blackout, really, wasn't it? And what uh, the CEO had to say, I think she made a throwaway comment about uh, a barber that sort of uh, blew up in her face. What's happened to her? Oh well, she appeared before a Senate committee on Friday. It was a 
a two-hour grilling and she had her own security detail there with uh, AFP protection. One of them pushed pushed away a reporter who was trying to ask her questions, uh, which uh, certainly I uh, didn't think was a good look. I mean... So, so she had federal police... It wasn't, well, these aren't private security. This is federal police, is that right? With her, with her as well, which, I mean, you have to pass through security uh, to get into Parliament House. It's not as if there's going to be some random psycho in that media mm. pack there. So her name, Kelly Bayer Rosemarin. Uh, she's been the Optus CEO since uh, April 1, 2020, April Fool's Day, and her uh, her tenure has been quite the joke. So there was, I mentioned last week, the cybersecurity hack uh, that happened last year, and now the 14-hour outage. And yeah, 14 hours. I think, uh, I think uh, she was on borrowed time when she tried to blame the the parent company of Optus, Singtel, uh, claiming it was their upgrade which led to the, the outage. Uh, she said on Friday that uh, she wasn't going to resign. She was going to fix this, but she's oh, okay. resigned. She hasn't come from a telecommunications background. Uh, she was previously with the the Commonwealth Bank. Uh, so okay, yeah. They, that uh, that has been scrutinised. What, in an IT role or management, mm-hmm. just management? No, I just yeah, uh, business business management. So, but obviously, okay. uh, ban- <laughs> running a telco is it's it's c- different IT uh, to uh, to a banking system. Yeah, I'm surprised that they still have everything fall over for a software upgrade. You think they'd be well used to that? But anyway, so she's kind of taken the rap for that. Yes, and you would say quite quite rightly. I mean, two strikes against 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 her name. The fact that, well, <laughs> her defence was that uh, uh, she couldn't inform cus- customers, and well, she said that the they they couldn't communicate with each other. The 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 Optus technicians because all their uh, yeah. were out, so they all carry spare uh, Telstra and Vodafone SIM cards now. Okay, yeah. Um, I suppose there's no way around that, but that's that's kind of ironic as well. All right, so I guess Optus customers will get a certain amount of um, satisfaction out of that. Uh, COVID's back. We have it sort of back here. The um, the talk about COVID has seen an uptick here. I'm wondering what's happening where you are. I, I think I saw, was it the uh, Queensland Medical Officer of Health or Health Minister sort of, you know, calming the farm on wearing masks, which people are calling for again. So what's being said at the moment? COVID is back, right? Yes. So the Brisbane uh, Courier-Mail, they put out a front page uh, which said, mask call as COVID spikes. Doctors want us to cover up on planes and at parties. And uh, it quoted one of the... The the spokeswomen are from the Queensland Australian Medical Association, and throughout the pandemic, uh, they have been the biggest advocates of restrictions and masks as well. Uh, their current national president, uh, Steve Robson, he's part of this uh, uh, this uh, COVID zero uh, lobby group. Well, they claim they're not for. Uh, lockdowns anymore. Aussage, so set up by Raina McIntyre, 
uh, who's the professor of biosecurity at the University of New South Wales, who uh, famously, hilariously, a wore a mask on an <laughs> on an ABC interview, even though she was in another room in the studio. Oh, dear. So, get so, at the our mainstream media. They it's. Even though I'm sure that they don't wear masks in their newsroom, uh, they still give it their best shot to whip up the COVID fear porn and hysteria, especially about masks. So the chief health officer up there, Dr. John Gerard, who he is actually an infectious diseases expert. So he knows that COVID is not going to magically vanish if uh, if we all wear masks and live like hermits and so he called a snap press conference which obviously raised people's anxiety but that was basically uh, to oh, give uh, indirectly give uh, the uh, these uh, radical doctors a, a spray and said that these waves are getting less severe for me to recommend or mandate masks in in the right now uh, would be disproportionate to the risk I should not overstate the risk, and if I did, then this office would lose credibility. Well, that sounds like a, um, uh, what's the word, sensible thing to say. Meanwhile, on the western side of the country, what what's being said about all this and by who? So it's a chief health officer, Dr. Andy Robertson. Uh, so he has, uh, from... Uh, from this week, uh, mandated surgical masks in high-risk hospital clinical areas. Uh, So it seems like he's just sort of throwing throwing, uh, the the mask zealots and the COVID radicals some sort of uh, win to placate. Yeah, it's all performative, isn't it? It, Yes. Uh, They'll never say these types of people. But it's so embarrassingly ridiculous. They're for lockdowns and restrictions because they know that they'd be laughed out. So they say, oh, we're just for, oh, we're just for sensible mitigations, protections. Another one of their obsessions is is clean air. And uh, so (laughs) the West Australian newspaper and also uh, the WA Today uh, website, uh, they have been running almost a, a COVID fear story every day. And uh, the the WA Today website uh, quoted a Western Australian uh, biostatistician and epidemiologist, Dr. Zoe Hyde at the University of Western Australia, who, who said people should wear masks at the Coldplay concert. And in oh, fact, yeah, she, of course. She, yeah, she yeah. said that uh, you should wear a mask whenever you leave your, leave your home. Uh, so and she, she claims uh, that uh, it's kept her uh, COVID free. There's they're they're very virtuous that uh, they've yeah. never got COVID. Though uh, this this doctor Zoe Hyde, mainstream media should. I'm surprised they're still taking her. Well, they must get seriously. the clicks. They must get the click throughs because the money talks in the end. Because in be I, in I, February 2021, she infamously tweeted. I, I'm quoting her. I said that cases in children might be detectable for a shorter period. How can we get around that? One option is anal swab testing because fecal shedding is prolonged. A study in Wuhan found about one fifth of children had ne- negative nasal swabs but positive anal swabs. Oh my God, she's talking about that. The, the woman's so demented. She, so she advocated anal swabbing yeah. children. She should have 
It's <laughs> should, so cringy. Oh my it god! Should never have been quoted as uh, by the media ever again after that. Yet here we are in at the end of 2023, uh, still being quoted as an expert. I mean, yeah, <laughs> saying that sort of stuff. Oh crikey, Dick! All right, who's the diplomat? Who um, has um, what? He, he camped outside Parliament or done some sort of protest there uh, for climate change? What's that about? Yeah, so Gregory Andrews, he, he he was Australia's ambassador to Ghana. Uh, so he uh, began two weeks ago a hunger strike outside a Parliament House. Oh, a hunger strike. Okay. Until Anthony Albanese took real action on climate change. And uh, Anthony Albanese <laughs> didn't, is not going to give someone like that uh, any any credence. So he said, Anthony Albanese has uh, ghosted me. And so on Friday uh, last week, on day 16, he was taken away in an ambulance Oh, okay, yeah. So prolonged fasting, yeah, and that and that was on the drinking so water, last last Friday when uh, when there was another a uh, school uh, school students climate strike, and uh, these oh. uh, climate scientists gave them fake sick notes so they could uh, wag school uh, to attend the, the 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 climate strike there. The foot soldiers of the movement. Okay, and what about uh, last uh, time we talked last week? We, um, I think, mentioned or you, you got us across some of the other demonstrations. I'm thinking uh, Israel, Gaza, pro, it seemed mostly pro-Palestinian. So has that been continuing? Because I, don't, I haven't seen much of it reported here, i got to say. It's been every every week in Melbourne and Sydney, the pro-Palestine rallies, and uh there is a plan for this Thursday, a student strike at lunchtime for Palestine, which is oh. being advocated by the Victorian Greens. The Greens Party, uh, they have made this basically their number one issue, uh, calling for a, a ceasefire. Uh, the federal Greens a couple of weeks ago staged a walkout in the, in the, in the Senate calling for a ceasefire because, uh, well, they wanted to say shame on Labor for not calling for uh, a ceasefire. Uh, so their New South Wales Senator, Maureen Faruqi, uh, addressed uh, the, the latest Sydney Sydney pro-Palestine rally. Have they been going off peacefully? Because I think there was the burger bar or the burger joint. Well, Victoria Police, all we've heard from them is that uh, they've said their investigation is uh, proceeding well, though we haven't heard any update. Uh, There are still lots of uh, instances of... uh, There was another uh, anti-Semitic, alleged anti-Semitic assault uh, reported in Melbourne. Yep. over, Over the weekend. And uh, there's still uh, these uh, boycott uh, stickers being put up uh, with the Israeli flag with a cross there. And there was quite an unfortunate mural that was unveiled in uh, Carlisle Street in Balaclava, uh, which is a, a another uh, Jewish-centric suburb in Melbourne. It's to the, the east of Caulfield, so in Melbourne's Jew Belt. Uh, so the city of Port Phillip, 
they uh, commissioned uh, this this artist. Uh, his his name is uh, Michael Porter uh, mm. to have a mural that's the, about uh, people of Balaclava, and he had drawn a Jewish people in a way that looks like they were drawn in 1930s oh yeah i think we're yeah. aware of the look of those and yeah. apparently uh, like he has denied that uh, it was well, meant to be an anti-semitic caricature if you look at his uh, instagram portfolio that's the way that he draws faces uh, so- okay any face yeah yes yeah, so we should take him at his word uh, yeah. but it is extremely unfortunate timed and so the, the the painters have been there to paint it over okay. but i think the yeah. lesson out of this should be why are local uh, councils wasting money on this point, on these, yeah. so, and these sorts of things they say they say that oh it's uh to discourage graffiti i think some of the the, the graffiti that's put up for free is much better than <laughs> this and say so we don't know how much uh, this this cost rate payers in uh city of port phillip hey, when it's someone else's money tim you know it's easy yes to uh, the they're yeah, unf- apologized uh, uh the mayor yeah. and the, the councillors uh, surely you could have seen it that or put two and two together um you would have thought i'm still amazed that these sorts of things just just happen that are ticked off and yeah i mean it's a good racket being an artist having various levels of government to pay for you to put up things especially if you if you do what they kind of want you know you're going to get repeat business probably Mm. um okay and let's uh end on um uh, update on ex-dictator dan um he's been trying to i didn't realize he was a you know like a, a huge golf lover He's been trying to get into a golf club, but uh, I read that one high-profile radio guy was threw his toys out of the cot at that. So what's uh, Dan trying to inflict on the golfers now? Yeah, so he well, he hasn't applied to join the Portsy Golf Club, but uh, one of his uh, business mates, uh, property baron, Max uh, Beck, sort of put the feelers out uh, to uh, – so Portsy is a – is that it is down at the far end of the the Mornington uh, Peninsula, where a lot of millionaires and billionaires uh, have holiday homes. So his mate yeah, Fox yeah. has a holiday house there, and uh, of course Dan Andrews uh, infamously uh, banned golf uh, during his lockdowns. Yeah. He claimed that a game of golf uh, wasn't worth a life, even though there has never been a case of somebody. The la- just the language, from- the words used, is, it's so over the top. Anyway. And yeah. so uh, the uh, the members of that uh, club, uh, they remember, and also Mornington Peninsula, it was included in all the, the metro Melbourne lockdowns, even though it's, it, it has a, it's more of a regional uh, centre. Uh, so yes, Steve Price, uh, who's a or is a former uh, talkback radio host, now substitute presenter on Sky News, he said that if uh, if uh, Dan Andrews is allowed to join, uh, then he would uh, tear up his membership. Uh, so and former professional golfer Mark Allen, he's 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 told Radio Three AW wouldn't be surprised if clubs across the Mornington Peninsula blacklisted Dan Andrews from becoming a member and also 
another a golf club, the National uh, uh, Golf Club. Uh, so their members, uh, uh, more than a hundred of them, have put together a letter ex- already expressing a clear stance against his potential membership. Uh, they believe that he wouldn't uh, wouldn't pass uh, the. Well, the the membership requirements, the character so, test, yeah, yeah, good yeah. character, sociability, genuine interest in meeting and befriending a fellow members, and also they said that given he has such a poor memory, he can't recall things. That uh, how can he keep score on the golf course? Yeah, okay, so not universally liked, obviously. Well. It's t- t- despite what the Dan stands say, or oh, most popular premier uh, won three uh, three election uh, victories, <laughs> yeah. is is not wanted uh, wherever he goes in in public. Uh, so, and he's not premier anymore, so he doesn't have his uh, security detail with him. Yeah. Um- but- Unlike the the, um, the the woman from Optus. And is he back in the country? Because he was in New York sort of hovering around there, obviously got some other work going there, which uh, seemed to kick in pretty soon after he, um, he resigned the premiership. So is he back in Australia now? Do we know? I We don't know, uh, but... Uh... We certainly, the less we see of him, the the better. And certainly, they do, they don't want to see him at the the golf clubs on the uh, peninsula. I think a lot of them they they don't want him to join because probably they couldn't restrain themselves by maybe well getting yeah. their their golf clubs. Yeah, go easy. Rage. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to hold themselves back. Though, going back to. Uh, federal uh, politics for a moment. Uh, so we had Airbus Elbow, he's back in the country, though Defence Minister Richard Miles, he jet-setted to India uh, for the World Cup final, uh, which Australia won, even yep. though uh, there has been a, a, a an incident uh, with a, a Chinese PLA uh, destroyer uh, causing sonar injury uh, to Australian divers off... Uh, Japanese exclusive uh, zone up there in the north. What are, what are Australian divers doing there? Well, they were getting out some fishing nets. That's what they were doing. But they were oh. perfectly, they, they were in, not in Chinese waters. So and, that was a Chinese sort of like Navy sonar high powered that's Yeah, uh, they came towards them. them. So the, the, the divers had to evacuate the water. Now, this happened on Tuesday. Uh, but wasn't released until on the weekend. And so Anthony Albanese, he's refused to say whether he mentioned it with Xi Jinping. Uh, so a lot of a lot of us are wondering, did, was it covered up because Elbow was too much of a coward to confront Xi Jinping about it? But Richard Mulls, this is a this this is a serious incident, and he's the defense minister, and he's on a taxpayer-funded trip to India. Uh, to like, yeah, we don't need things going down. We, we yeah. don't need a, a a. Why do we need a minister minister there? I mean, I doubt that him cheering on in the crowd won us the World Cup. You just imagine trying to broach that with Xi Jinping. It's like there's just one little thing. It's you know, don't don't think that there's any problem here. Well, the one little thing I just want to mention. You made our guy's ears bleed in the water or something like that. I don't know. 
Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, when when you saw the two of them meet, I mean, Xi Jinping, he's an imposing... He is a big, big guy, yeah. And he's, well, ruthlessly, they cut down all of his internal enemies. Yeah. Yeah, it'd, it'd be um, an interesting experience um, having a meeting with him. Anyway, um, that, uh, I think, brings us up to date with the uh, goings-on where you are, Tim. So thanks again for... Uh, bringing us the news, and we'll talk again next week, same time next uh, next week, Tim. Yes, and fingers crossed you'll have a Prime Minister by next week. Oh, I think, well, and a government. I think we probably will. The talk is that we're getting close, but there's so much impatience. People just think you click your fingers and it's all on. Um, it's obviously quite complicated with three separate parties with, uh, you know, bottom lines and hills to die on. Let's see what happens. So Tim Wilms from the Unshackled.net. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Tim, thanks. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.